What is your life? James asked that question, and then he followed it with, it is just a vapor. It's here for a short while, and it vanishes away. Sort of reminds me of riding into work earlier last week, I believe it was, riding into the office. and Where we lived, there was a major fog. And as I drove along, it just vanished. It just went away. You've seen vapors before, and they just uh, here for a little bit. Sometimes uh, they can affect your vision. Sometimes they affect the temperature. But a vapor is there for a minute, a second or two, and vanishes away. James says that's what your life is. So what counts? What counts tomorrow? What counts when it's time for you to leave this world and you're no longer alive here, but you enter into the life that comes afterwards? What really makes a difference? Jesus, speaking to his followers, said this in Matthew chapter 6. Verses 19 through 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If darkness, the light that is in you is darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put, it, put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature or one inch to your height? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, or heathens seek. For your heavenly Father knows 
that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Henry Ward Beecher, a famous Presbyterian preacher of yesterday, wrote these words, these words to the, the and entitled it the Seven Lectures to Young Men. And he said, no man can tell whether he is rich or poor by turning to his ledger. It is the heart that makes a man rich. He is rich according to what he is, not what he has. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, it, it quotes Jesus as saying, And he said to them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. In contrast, you find the very wealthy man who has spent his entire life gathering up his treasure, saving it, protecting it, making sure that no one got any of it and he would have it all. But then he died and left it all behind. And Jesus said, thy fool, today your soul will be required of you. An old adage says, actions speak louder than words. This should be especially true for Christians in our walk. James said, faith without works is dead. Our actions, therefore, should prove what we say we believe. And I believe that our actions indeed prove what we believe. This should apply to where people Lay up treasures for themselves. In other words, treasures speak louder than words. They tell things about us spiritually as if they were a billboard advertising some event. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, where your treasure is, reveals your view on what is valuable. What really is important to a person will be what he treasures the most. If our value system is built on the darkness of this world's reasoning, then where we place our treasures will reveal what we truly believe. What do your treasures tell about you? You say, well, I don't have any treasures. I really struggle to make a ends meet and to put food on the table and to pay the rent. No, you have food on the table. You have the rent paid. You may, you, you may not be blessed as another who lives a mile away from you, but you have. And what do your treasures tell about you? What do they tell about what is important to you? Of what our value is, 
if our value is built on the darkness of this world's reasoning, there where we place our treasures will reveal that's where we truly live and what our true values are. Treasure will reveal one's views of mankind. If you think of man as one who God's love, or who God loves, and for whom Jesus died so that they have forgiveness and life, this will be revealed in the way that you live. That will be your treasure. It reveals what is importance about a relationship to a holy God. After these things, Jesus said, the heathen seek. What are you laying your life down for, other words? What are you living for? Why is tomorrow important to you? Why, why is today important to you? How about a month from now? Why are those things important to you if you're living just for self and for what you can treasure up rather than living for the glory and the purposes of God for your life? You see, where your treasure is will reveal what's important in your relationship to God as he says, after these things the heathen seek, but it'll also reveal who is master of your life. Jesus said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I tell you to do? You know, I, I wonder sometimes why he doesn't just get completely fed up with our lip service. You know, when we really think about it, we give him a lot of lip service. We, we come to a service like this and we pray, praise him and sing these songs of praise. I better back out in saying we praise him. We sing along the songs and the choruses of praising him. But do our lives reflect a life that is in love with the purpose of God for my life and for your life? Do we live in such a way that says, God, the most important thing to me is who you are and what you want to do in my life and what you want to do not only in my life but with my life. You are what's important. Where your treasure is was also displays, display our faith. Where is your faith? Is your faith in the Lord? Are you trusting him every day? Or are you wringing your hands and pulling your hair and you don't know what you're going to do about tomorrow? James says you can't add one cubit. You can't add anything to it. Jesus said that, that you cannot add anything to your life. By all of your worry and all of your concern and all of the things that you would do, you cannot add anything to your life. Only Jesus can add to your life in meaning, in accomplishments, and in fulfillment. Where's your faith? Is your faith in the Lord and what he has given to you and what he's wanting to do in your life? Do you trust him with all that you have and all that you are? Are you living for him every day and bringing, letting him bring purpose into your life to fulfill the purpose he has for you? and the people that he wants to reach through you, and the work that he wants to do 
because of you and through you? Are you giving yourself totally to him? Where is your faith? Is it in his ability to meet your needs, in his will being done in your life, or is it in material things and what you can gather together? No, the truth of the matter is, whatever we work for, we leave it behind. If you work for the Lord Jesus Christ, if you serve him faithfully, if you stay in his word, if you testify to others, if you live a life that honors him and glorifies him by the way that we do business, by the way that we're friends with others and reach out to them, by the way that we use our financial profits and gains, those things will still be here. Even when we're dead and gone, those things will really have, have made a difference and will still be here. You see, trusting wealth brings poverty according to Proverbs. Trusting Jesus brings happiness. Trusting Jesus brings a glory-filled life. Trusting Jesus and walking with, with him and giving everything that we have to him, knowing that everything we have is because of his blessings, and, and we can easily say, well, I've worked hard for what I've gotten. Yeah, you worked hard with the, with the body that God gave to you. You worked hard with the mind that God has given to you and the, the, the ability to work through problems and to solve things and to, to make decisions. You see, everything you do, you do it in the power and the strength of God who blesses you. But what do you do with what he gives you? Listen to what the proverb says in Proverb 1, beginning with verse 10. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like shield and whole, like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with the spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us have one purse my son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. But they lie and wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. Wow. So is the ways of anyone who is greedy for gain. Self-serving. It's mine and I'm keeping it. I've worked hard for what I have, and nobody's going to get any of it. He says, these are the ways 
of everyone who has greetings. What is your life? What have you accumulated in the years that you've lived? Some of you just lived a few short years just sitting right down front and you're so young and vivacious and beautiful and almost handsome. But, you, you know, you've you got a life ahead of you. But already you made some investments in life. Already from the very youngest in the room to the very elderly in the room, you made investments in life. You made the decisions about what you're going to do and what you're going to do with the health that you have and the blessings that you enjoy, what you're going to do with your friends that you acquire. What are you going to do with the money that you make? What will you do with it? Jesus is talking about the man that thought he had to have everything and kept doing for himself. You remember he talked about him building bigger barns so that he could store all that he had possessed and all that he had grown and all of his profits to build bigger warehouses, if you would, to, to build a bigger bank vault, if I could say it that way. But Jesus said, you're a fool. For this very day, your soul will be required of you. I want you to think this sobering thought. What if you were to die this afternoon? What if it should that just happen through a tragic accident or through a heart attack, through a, a, a brain bleed. You were to die today. Where are your treasures? Jesus said to lay them up in, in heaven. Where nobody can break in and steal. And nothing can corrupt the things that are in heaven's bank. Is that the way you spend your life? I'm not talking about just your finances, your life. How do you, how do you spend your life? When you get to be my age, and I'm not the oldest in the room, but when you get to be my age, and you look back over the years of your life, what have you spent it on? If you're just 15 years old, what have you spent those 15 years on? You ought to study. That's good. You ought to apply yourself in school. You ought to make the very best grades. Not so you can, not so you can uh, brag about making good grades, but because you've attained that knowledge that's been made available to you. And you take it in so God can use you and all of that knowledge in the days ahead to serve him well. What have you done with your life? What if you were to die this afternoon? What would the preacher say over you next week? What would your family members say about you? 
Oh, they would none, none of them say anything bad, I'm sure of that. They would all say, we love him, we love her, we miss it. Oh, there were, she was a wonderful mommy. She was a great grandmother. He was, he was an example in all that he did. He believed in that if you spared the rod, you'd spoil the child. And believe you me, my daddy never spared the rod. But what would they say about your walk with Jesus? What would they say about how you spent your life? What would they say about you tomorrow or next week? If something were to happen to you today and you would be gone from this world, what would be said about the life that you lived? Could they say, oh, she was real young. She was just a teenager, but boy, did she love other people and give her life away, befriending others and serving Jesus in every way that she could. Or would they say, well, he was just an old fogey. He didn't do much for anybody but himself. He just griped all the time. He always thought he was going to die because he complained about everything in the world. He thought he had every sickness that came along. And I'm telling you, we, he's finally gone. I guess he was right this time. What are they going to say? What is your life? Where have you stored up your treasures that speak your testimony? Jesus said, if you've stored them up here in this life, if you, you've just done things in this life, you've enjoyed this life, you have, you have spent your whole life living to the max, those things that you have invested in will be destroyed. They'll be destroyed. They, they won't last. But the things, if you've done them for the glory of God, if you've given your life away to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've lived for him, if you've reached out to others, if you've loved other people, if you've tried to help other people, if you've been a person of an example of someone who loves God with all of their heart more than you love life, those things will live on in heaven. And for all eternity, those treasures that you lay up through serving him and loving God will speak a testimony of your faith. Verse 33 in that passage that we read to begin with, verse 33, let me go back to it and see. It says this, for after all these things the Gentiles, or the heathens, a better translation, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things, but listen to this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. You see, where you put your treasure displays where your faith is, who you trust, who you love. Where is your faith? Is it in the Lord? Or is it in the system of the world? Trusting wealth brings poverty. Trusting God 
brings abundance. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. Where's your treasure? Where is your treasure this morning? What are you counting on to sustain you forever? By putting our material wealth into the hands of God, to be used by God for the work of God, we discover that our source has become an endless supply. The problem is that we dam up the flow. Therefore, instead of being channels of blessing, we become cesspools of stagnation rather than trusting God. We become a stench in the nostrils of our Heavenly Father because we have not followed His charge, His commands in our life. He charged the children of Israel, and he charges us with the very same things today. We cannot please him when we hold on to what he sends to others through us. Because it never reaches its destination. You become a dam in the flow. You become a hindrance to God's plan and God's will and the way that he works in blessing others and meeting the needs in the lives of others. He does it through his children. He does it through those who belong to him. For we're to be like the heavenly father, always loving, always sharing, always caring, and always giving. If our source is in the gaining of wealth, wealth that will someday dry up, Let's just face it, one day, and I shudder when I say this, one day, and it could be sooner than anybody in this room imagines, this economy is going to fail. That's God's word. One day, this world's economy... This blessed country of the United States of America, the economy is going to fail. And if we spend our lives trusting in the world system, trusting in the world's economy rather than God's economy, we will find ourselves bankrupt and in need. It can suddenly vanish. And if material wealth is our source, our our source of joy and fulfillment, we will be left hopelessly miserable. There are a few that maybe witness some of what went on in America that are here this morning during the Great Depression. No, I'm not that old. But you see, my father was, he was a little boy. My grandfather was a very wealthy man in Rebecca, Georgia. He lived outside of Rebecca. They had a 
a store out there, and everyone in the whole, all around that county did business with my grandfather. He was well known. When he walked into town, it was, good morning, Mr. Evans. Hello, Mr. Evans. How are you, Mr. Evans? It's so good to see you, Mr. Evans. He'd go into uh, the bank, and the bankers would get up off their chairs and come and greet him and thank him for being there and for his business. Well off, doing well. Because he did business out in the country, people paid their bills after the harvest. Every person that did business with him had a little a book, and on those pages of that book, they would write down, he would write down, and they would sign each time they came to get something from the store. And when they finally took in the harvest for the year and got their money, sold their produce, they came in and paid their yearly bill off. It was right at the end of the harvest time. All of those folks had come by. They were paying the bills. I mean by the thousands of dollars coming by and paying their bill. Most of them didn't have much more than that, but they came by and paid their bill. My grandfather took his entire year's income from operating that store and owning the farmland that he did, that he worked it himself and with his boys. He went to the bank, and the banker got up and said, Hello, Mr. Marvin, it's so good to see you. Come right on in. How can we help you? He said, Well, I've come to make my annual deposit. Oh, great, great, great. And they went over and introduced him to the clerk and said, You remember Mr. Evans, take care of him. And he deposited his entire year's the bankers, both of them, president and vice president, followed him to the front door, patted him on the back, shook his hand, and thanked him for his business. And within five minutes, they locked the door of the bank, closed it down, and he and everyone else lost everything they had. No more money. He turned to alcohol. A terrible, terrible life. Wound up working as a sharecropper on somebody else's farm and working his boys to death out behind the mule plowing, planting, and harvesting. A pauper. Never been saved, never cared anything about the things of God, never darkened the door of the church. He just was that self-made man that had it made, wound up with nothing. I'm very thankful to tell you that I was there when as an old man, he gave his heart to Jesus at the Big Creek Baptist Church in Irwin County, Georgia. And he lived for almost a year after he was saved. He'd give you the last quarter in his pocket after that. He loved everybody. He cared. He had a testimony. How he had to go through the hard times for God to get his attention. 
and he died a broke but a saved man. What if it all fell tomorrow? What would you do? If our source is God, he's eternal. If we're dependent upon him and his grace and his mercy and his love, that's eternal. If we're dependent upon him meeting our needs because we walk faithfully with him and we trust him and we give our tithes to him as he commands us to, demands that of us, and we do so and we give an offering of love to the work of the Lord and, and try to be a blessing to others and money flows through us to be blessings to others. Let me tell you, it won't matter what happens to the economy because everything we've lived for, everything we've worked for, everything we've longed for has been laid up over there for eternity. I'd whole lot rather hear the Father say, well done, faithful servant than to hear the banker say we sure do appreciate your business what are you doing where are you laying up your treasures are you giving your life away for the glory of God are you serving your life away for him to be praised and honored in your life and for others to have their lives touched by your kindness, your love, and your generosity? There's not a better life. There's not a better life. What is your life? This one's a vapor. Are you investing in the one for eternity? Or are you doing all of your investing in this one? That's going to fail. Let's pray together. Father, come before you as your servant, unworthy to stand in this sacred pulpit and to share the truth of your word. Some may say, well, that was mean this morning, preacher. Lord, you know my heart. There's no malice, no desire to offend or hurt, diminish anyone. Lord, just your word is pure. It is holy. But you tell us it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, pierce our hearts. Wake us up. Help us to realize that our future is not dependent upon those that are in Congress, thank God. It's not dependent upon who's the president or the vice president of the United States, or the governor of Alabama, or the mayor of Montgomery. Our future is in the hands of an almighty, holy, 
all-powerful, all-knowledgeable, all-wise God. And we trust you. Help us to walk in that trust. In Jesus' name, amen.